now entering the King of the Court Podcast. King of the Court Podcast. Where we discuss all relevant information in the pickleball universe. Get ready. This is your host, Tyler Lung. How's it going? We're ready, bud. We're here in my uh, new makeshift studio. How do you like it? It looks good. Dude, looks this good. is my first time ever doing my own podcast. I know. You've talked about it for a long time. So yeah. And so here we are. So hopefully it goes well. Um, if there's any mistakes, it'll be your fault. Blame, not, put it on me. If, just like you did Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> Easy there. Um, yeah. So this is my office. Uh, I cleared everything out. We got some... My collectibles up there. Got this new um, mixer that I spent way too much money on. All this podcast stuff spent way too much money on, but looks good. Hopefully, it works out. Um, so let's get right into it. So my name okay. is Tyler Lung. I've been playing professional pickleball for a long time. I've been playing for about ten years. Um, I started right before Ben Johns. Um, me and Tyson, I felt like we kind of started at the exact same time. So. I've known those guys and known a lot of people in pickleball through that. Um, I got introduced by one of my neighbors growing up. Do you know Tyler Sheffield? Yes. 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 So he's an OG. Yes. Um, he was a top senior at the time and he knew that um, I loved playing tennis. Um, and so he kept trying to get me out on the court. And finally, one day I was able to get out there. And as they say, the rest is history. Um, I started playing for hours upon end every single day and even love it now and play a lot now. And so... I'm really grateful uh, for him for introducing the game, and um, it's brought a lot of uh, joy and fun into my life. Um, real quick, let's do a quick intro on you, and then we can get right into yeah. it. Yeah, so Jimmy Miller, I've been playing pickleball since... What are you, sold three, two, three, five? I mean, that's generous, depends yeah. on the day, but yeah, I've been playing since 2018. Um, I was similar. I actually had a buddy of mine just said, hey, you got to come play this game, and we showed up at this park with wood paddles and we didn't know any better. And these two ladies, um, they were, I don't know, they had to be in their late fifties, early sixties. And yep. they're like, Hey, we need two more. Do you guys want to play? And they wrecked us. Absolutely wrecked us. Were they, uh, how old were they? They're probably in their sixties, I uh-huh. would guess. Um, and they still play today. I still see them all the time. Became good friends with them. Um, but they absolutely destroyed us. Yep. And me and my friend, uh, his name is Brandon. Brandon looked at me and he said, never again, we're going to go home. We're going to get really good and we're going to come back. And so, yeah, we literally just started playing every single day. And Did you ever have a rematch with them? Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Smoke them now. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I feel good about it too. I don't even feel bad. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that's how I got introduced and same thing with you, obviously different levels, but I, you know, you get addicted and you want to play every single day. Yeah. Um, yeah, every waking minute. So it's cool. great. How often are you playing now? Um, five so, days a week? Yeah, I try week? to, I try to play as much as I can. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun. I mean, you know, we're in Utah. We've got by far the best facilities, the most access yeah. to courts. So it makes it easy. Would you say, um, you've increased in skill level recently or kind of plat or kind of just, I think I probably, honestly, I probably feel like I plateaued and, and maybe this is something we can get into later, but sure. I have some pickleball pet peeves a little bit, and I think that people jump levels in pickleball. I think that that's a big thing, and yep. I'd love to talk to you about that um, at some point. But 
I think people jump levels. I think a lot of people self-rate in pickleball. Yep. And so it's kind of wild how they go from four O's to five O's overnight. Yeah. But yet they're still playing against the same people. Yeah. So yeah, we, awesome. we can get into that later. Well, yeah, we can definitely hit on that uh, later on. And so start us off, Jimmy. Yeah. So I think the big topic of conversation this week in pickleball is one of your mixed partners. Who could that be? Uh, Jillian Braverman uh-huh. went on, I believe her podcast and she said that she had an experience playing with you uh, recently where essentially every time she missed a shot, you would roll your eyes. Um, you would kind of, you know, had some bad body language. Not me. And then, yeah, right. I mean, Can it be me? Yeah. And then at the end, she said that she actually, I believe her direct quote was, I told, I asked him to stop and said that it bothered me. <clears throat> And his response was, if you would hit the correct shot, I wouldn't roll my eyes. Is that inaccurate, though? No, I, I'm not. Listen, I'm not taking a side on this. I'm not <laughs> saying here or there. But my, so I guess my question is, what's, let's hear your response. There's always two sides to every story, right? There is, yeah. And that's actually what I wanted to do with this podcast today. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a really long time. So actually, thanks to Jill for putting this out there and really forcing me to do it. Um, I've had a lot of people reaching out to me, um, just kind of asking the story behind it and everything like that. Um, I actually have a massive text right here that I should, um, that I might read. Um, It might bore a lot of people, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so much more detail and information that is um, in these stories than people actually care to even listen to or want to know about. And so, yeah, I'm going to try to respond to that the best I can. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy Jill. She's great. Um, she's a very good competitor. So let's get into this. How did you and Jill become partners to begin with? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I've known her. I don't know how long she's been playing. She's kind of uh, had an interesting story. Um, I believe she worked for tennis, USTA or something like that. And she got involved in pickleball and she's very talented, um, kind of did really well and then kind of stop playing and she's done that a couple times where she plays for a little bit and then tells people oh I'm going to take some time off or I'm going to retire and then comes back to it and so mm-hmm. she was working with Duper um, I believe she was um, CEO of Duper uh, for quite a while and then she are you worried that your Duper ranking is going to drop now yeah it, it actually After already this. has yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's going on I'm sure um yeah so she I believe she saw the first MLP this year in 2023 and she just said, Oh my gosh, I had so much fun watching it. And it just kind of brought back the um, feelings of wanting to compete and everything yeah. like that. And so she decided to give it another go. And so since then she put in her notice and she's been playing pickleball since um, I found okay. out that she was switching over or switching back to pickleball. And so I reached out because um, I had a few open tournaments and she's a very talented, very uh, competitive player. Yeah. And I thought we could do well. And so we reached out, we were talking, and we got some tournaments lined up, and we started playing. And so... Um, so how many did you play together? Have you played So together? we actually didn't play in that many. We played in three. Three? Okay. Yeah. And she okay. had... I mean, she tells everybody this. When she was with Duper, she didn't play at all. Yeah. Um, she essentially uh, took eight to ten months off. Okay. Um, and so, so she's and just getting back into pickleball. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. I mean, nothing on her, but maybe three to six more months until she's yeah. back. I mean, there's to gotta be was. rust, right? Yep. I mean, we can call it what it is. Yep. You take that much time off of anything. There's yep. going to be some rust. Yep. Yep. And so I, I don't know what to say. Um, I really don't like to be uh, public about this stuff, especially about kind of the tone that she, she brought. Um, I, I prefer to do things more privately. 
Uh, but since um, she kind of called me out publicly, I'd like to make this message and kind of answer some of the questions. Um, as I said earlier, I've been playing for close to 10 years and I've played with a numerous amount of partners. Um, I've played with Jesse Irvin, Leah Jansen, Anna Bright, Lee Waters, Susanna Barr, Alex Hamner, and not one of the, and uh, many some, other players. Some of the most respected sure. women in pickleball. Sure. Yeah. They're all very talented and not one has confronted me privately um, or to my knowledge publicly in saying this type of negative stuff, negative stuff. And so um, it was kind of hurtful to hear that coming from Jill, especially when she never really tried to talk to me um, in private, um, except for she brought it up in the last match or second to last match. And by then it was almost um, so too late. So she, after this tournament, just some background, she never reached out to you. Exactly. Not, not, not talking about, um, about my, uh, cause it's been a couple weeks. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was kind of interesting. And, um, here's a little one liner that, um, I'm, I'm sure might get passed around. I mean, I don't even know if I should say this, but if she wants to, uh, coin me as an eye roller or anything like that, I, I guess I would say I would rather be known as a eye roller than a cheater. Um, and so getting cool. into that, I mean, she talks about how she felt very uncomfortable and how it was very difficult for her to play with me. Um, and that's true. And I, I think she has a lot of uh, validity there. Um, and it is something that I personally have been working on. I mean, I've played with you and all I'm doing is rolling my eyes because you're missing the, the easiest balls. hundred percent. Listen, <laughs> I, I have played, I have played plenty of matches with Tyler. Not plenty. A couple. Okay. We played enough matches. I, I have my lesson to not. Play. I have played matches with Tyler where there might have been money on the line, <laughs> and I have seen all the eye rolls. But in his defense, I deserved every single one of them. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I've played with Ben Johns, um, and contrary to popular belief, he's not perfect. He actually missed a couple balls. He missed one, two, maybe even a couple balls. And when he missed those balls, I wasn't rolling my eyes. Um, the thing with Jill is during our matches, she told me explicitly multiple times, hey, if you see a ball that I need to go on, if I need to earn yell at me. She literally explicitly told me, yell at me. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. And okay. so when there were balls that I think she could have taken out of the air or earned or something like that, um, done something different, I would let her know. And then she simply wouldn't do that. And so it was kind of frustrating for me because she had come to me and told me, I want you to do this. And so I started doing it and then she got mad at me for doing that thing. Um, so that was pretty difficult for me. Um, especially when she came up to me in the first place. Yeah. Now, if it was just me like yelling at her out of my own will or anything like that, that's a little bit different, but she explicitly told me say, Hey, let me know, yell at me. Um, and so that was kind of interesting to hear that from her, um, as well. And then, like I said, uh, going back to the Ben Johns thing, I mean, he misses balls and I wasn't rolling my eyes. If yeah. you miss a ball, my, my philosophy is if you miss a ball going for the right shot, Hey, it happens. It's pickleball. Um, everybody misses balls. Yeah. But when you miss a ball, when you're trying to do something that you probably shouldn't be doing, that, that there's a very low risk of it actually happening. That's when it kind of starts to bother me. And so, um, we were in these very tight matches and there were a lot of shots that she either missed um, the opportunity to do something good on or she just kind of um, wasn't in sync as much. And yeah. so that's kind of what was a little bit frustrating for me. And 
Uh, I'm by no means perfect, um, but I do try to just be a little bit more patient or uh, calculated with the shots that I take. If I'm missing an error or missing a shot off of something stupid, if it's three inches off the ground and I try to speed up, I should be getting mad at myself. I don't, I personally don't want my partner sugarcoating it and say, Hey, that's a nice shot. That's a nice try because I deep down inside, I know that's not a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. So did you feel like, like the, the frustration more started to mount? Like I assume in a zero, zero game, you know, she misses a dink. You're not turning around, rolling your eyes, you know, exactly. Exactly. It started to mount over, yeah. over numerous games. Exactly. And, numerous, yeah. and truth be told, I, I personally think it's blown way out of proportion. Yeah. I mean, I think absolutely. there's a number of men's players, even women players that do the exact same thing. We and, see it all over the court. Exactly. I mean, not one of your previous mixed partners, not yeah. to call anyone out, but Jesse Irvine is the act. I mean, <laughs> she's the IRL queen. If hey, you watch her. I love it. I yeah, love it. Absolutely. You yeah. know exactly where you stand with I her at it. all times. Yep. Hey, when I wear my emotion, my heart on my sleeve, yeah. if I'm happy, you know, I'm happy. If I'm sad, then maybe, yeah. you know, I'm sad. Absolutely. And so, um, I just feel like at the pro level, especially most of the time, you know, whether the shot you're hitting is good or not, you don't need somebody to say, oh, nice try, nice shot, or that's a bad shot. Yeah. Like, hey, come yeah. on. We, we know we're yeah. a little bit higher. Yeah. I think the thing that people don't understand sometimes is that this is a professional sport. Yes. This is professional pickleball. This yep. isn't... I know that there's a lot of people that play pickleball at all levels, yep. but you guys are playing at a professional level, and I think that at some point that it's okay to hold people to that standard. Yep. Um, in any sport, right? I mean, let's go to NFL coaches. Do they yell at their players? Of course they do, <laughs> yep. right? Do they punish their players? And I'm not saying that you're punishing her, and that, but there's always that level of frustration, yep. right? And I think that's okay. I don't think there's yep. anything wrong with trying to hold your partner to a higher standard. You know, some people respond differently. Anna Bright, she's going to yell back at you, yep. right? And she's going to yell at you when you make a mistake. Yep. I watched it, yep. you know? and But then when you guys would hit a good shot or you'd hit a winner she would celebrate just yep. as much as you And that celebrate. celebration is pure, it's authentic, exactly. it's what you need, it's, it's real. Exactly, and it, and it pumps you up, and exactly. it pumps her up, and so I just think that partners can feed off each other good and bad, but yep. you can't ever take it personal. Yep. And when you start to take it personal, that's when, obviously, you know, in Jill's case, her game's going to suffer, you know, and then when you start going public with that, yep. it it just changes the entire dynamic of things. And yep. I, I think that, you know, it's... It, in my eyes, obviously I'm not on your level, but it's a professional sport. You're a professional. You need to act like a professional. Yep. No, I agree a thousand percent. I mean, I was thinking about it in every aspect of life, basketball, tennis, football, soccer, and work. You're going to have things that your coworkers, your teammates, the opponents do. And if you get mad, if you try to write a list of every little thing that they do that you don't like, that list will never end. I promise you that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, um, obviously if there's, abuse or some crazy situation then that's sure. a little bit different but i mean sure. for, the, but you're, for the most you're part, eye rolling you're not berating her you're not swearing at her yeah. you're not you literally she lit, like her exact words where you rolled your eyes yeah yeah i mean yeah i don't know and i mean i know we just talked about this but there's so many partnerships out there that do this exact same thing but yeah. guess what they win they're still yeah. having success, and that's why that's they're it. still together. And winning solves everything, right? And I like, guarantee you, I guarantee you, had we won the match that she's referring to, this issue would not have been brought up. Yeah. I promise uh, you that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so, 
to get into this, what is your um, status with her as a partner moving forward? So we were only scheduled to play in a couple more tournaments, maybe two or three. And then she actually sent me a text um, a, a week or so after the tournament and just said it, it's, it, it'd be better for us to find new partners, which okay. is fine. Okay. Um, I mean, we weren't, we weren't um, jiving yeah. and it just seemed like we weren't yeah. really making an effort to get better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I really didn't want to talk about this publicly. I mean, yeah. everything I do is much more private. Um, yeah. but seeing as she kind of called me out and this isn't only referring to her, I think it's kind of uh, more of a broad, um, thing, a uh, broad situation that a lot of people would like to know and kind of the ins and outs of it. But, yeah. um, on my, on my side, um, truth be told, playing with her was actually fairly difficult as well. Um, almost every single match. Every single match, we had issues with line calls, um, and it put me in a very extremely awkward situation because because the opponents would look at me and they would want me to intervene, and yeah. my partner is the one who's calling it, and yeah. I just I just didn't know what to do in the, in those situations. Yeah. And so, um, not only with the line calls, but um, she is known for literally screaming at the opponents when they make unforced errors, just simple unforced errors. She would yeah. scream at them, or when we'd hit winners, she'd scream at them. Let's add that to the pet peeves of pickleball list for yeah. sure. Yeah, and it just, I mean, I love energy. I thrive off energy, but there's a time and a place if somebody misses a serve, a return of serve, like, to me, it's just not proper. It's not right. You didn't force that error. Exactly. You did nothing wrong. It was there. Yeah, you did. You served it. Come on, man. Okay, yeah. Yes, with, yeah. I mean, I feel like cheering unforced errors. And it's one thing to cheer to your teammate, to your partner, but it's one thing to try to stare them down. Yeah. And it just got really awkward for me because I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't know if I should cheer with her or just kind of move on, move along. And so that got really awkward for me. Um, There's two situations that come to my mind. Um, One of them is that uh, it was in Austin. We played Ben and Annalie on center court. And I don't know what was going on, but she... Uh, did you see that match? I did. Okay. I did. I know yeah, exactly what match. I mean, it was weird because she literally fell down like three to five times, which yeah. is fine. But the funny thing or the interesting thing is um, the matches before and after, she maybe fell down, if I can recall, maybe one time outside of that. It's yeah, like it's, all of a sudden we get placed on center court where it's being live streamed. Like you're playing the number one team in the world. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, these theatrics, all this stuff is is different than what I'm used to. And it's like, yeah. I'm not exactly sure to handle this. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, obviously we don't want to assume anything, yeah. um, but it is a little bit interesting when none of that occurs in any of the other matches. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're on center court and it's the number one team in the world. You know that everybody's watching. Yeah. And, you know, you start to act a little bit different. You're yep. falling down. You're you're getting a little bit more attention. Yep. Um, maybe even looking for a little bit more attention. Yep. It seems, it, it, it does seem interesting for sure. And then, I mean, to be honest, to continue that, to go on to your own podcast, yep. you know, I think that that's a big thing that's happening in pickleball right now is yep. what we like to call clout chasing. Yeah. Tyson uh, brought Everybody's that up. got a hot take yep. and everybody's looking for attention. Yep. And, you know, whether she was or she wasn't, yep. she's getting it right now. Yep, for sure. Um, definitely. I mean, Tyson Tyson said it, you said it. There's some new players that 
maybe they're not winning as much or winning tournaments or winning rounds. Yeah. And so they want to try to stay relevant. And yeah. they think by staying relevant, they can call people out. They can do funny, interesting things or whatever. Yeah. And it gets people talking about them because they, with, with that exposure, they get a little bit more opportunity. And so I'm not making any assumptions, but it is just interesting to see how that kind of played out. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was really funny with the line calls, um, and like I said, I would never be saying this publicly, but I just felt like let I got cast. I let it out. I just got cast in it. Well, this is a very small amount of stuff that I, I could be saying. Um, but one of the instances is that in that Austin tournament, um, we were playing this team. It was close in the beginning, kind of back and forth. And um, they hit a ball down the sideline and she called it out. Um, to me, it looked it was very close. It maybe was inside the line, on the line, or inside the line. But and it's the, a tough call for you to overturn, right? Yes, yes, Obviously. yes. Yep. I Even was, as her partner. It was in the shadows, um, yeah. everything like that. She but, was sitting on top of the ball. she had the best angle, and clearly exactly. it was her call. Exactly. And anyways, the other team starts losing it because they they started challenging it. They got mad at the ref, and she stood by her call. Anyways, we ended up winning that match, and right after the match, uh, she comes up to me, and she says, oh my gosh, that match was being live streamed. I didn't know. And it was so funny because her expression on her face at that time was like, had I known that was being live streamed, I would have acted completely different. Yeah, see, that that makes it tough. And yeah. that, it's telling, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I do. I, I think that, so one thing that we were learning about pickleball and speaking of newer players that love to be on social media, Christian Alshon is... <laughs> He actually po- he actually tweeted out that his goal was to tweet every single day. Yeah. No matter what it was, he was going to tweet something every single day. Yeah. And the other day he said something, probably the first time he said anything that worth value, but <laughs> he he said that there are way more high-level men's players than women's players. Sure. And so a lot of the men's players are essentially suffering and having to play with lower-level women's players that probably wouldn't if, if the numbers were even, they wouldn't most likely be professional players to begin with. Sure. And I mean, I don't think that's a secret. Yeah. Um, I mean, we see it, right? And we, I mean, you see it in MLP. Yeah. You see it in all across the PPA tour that when, you know, the best women's players in mixed are the ones that are winning, right? Yeah. You can take the top five women's players. It doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter the men's that they play with, but it matters a lot less. Yeah. And those are the ones that are winning. So I think maybe sometimes we're getting some people in pickleball who probably aren't as at high of a level as they should be, hmm. you know, yep. and wouldn't be otherwise. Yep. And maybe they're in it for other reasons. Sure. No, I'm, there's uh, multiple examples out there. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, one thing I will say, I agree with that uh, statement by Christian. Uh, very uh, funny tweets out there sometimes. <laughs> um, but... Let's see. Yeah, this is an issue or something that has been going on for a long time. It's not. It's not new by any means. Yeah. Um, I actually love seeing the growth in the female side. Yeah. Um, you used to maybe two years ago a normal singles tournament for women. What do you think it is? Oh, two or years was, ago. Yeah, two years ago. Oh, yeah. two years ago it was like eight to twelve. It was like five Top. to eight players. Yeah. Tops. Five to eight players almost yeah. every single tournament. Yeah. Yep. That was exactly. wild. Now we're getting. Yeah, twelve to twenty, which is awesome. I yeah, love and it's it. growing, yep. and the level and the skill level is definitely yep. growing, and there's better players. In fact, yep. your next tournament, we'll talk about this, but yep. you're playing with Hurricane Tyra Black, who is oh. another one of the up and coming new, yep. you know, tennis. She's a tennis transplant, right? Yep. And so, yeah, it's 
I love to see it grow, but for a while it yep. was, it was rough. Like yep. it, I mean, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. And if you, you know, a lot of women came in that, you know, truth be told, they're going one and two and finishing in fifth place, Yep. you know, which looks great on paper. Yep. But the reality is, is when you go back and actually look at the bracket, <laughs> you know, it, it was different. And yeah. so I love to see the growth. I love that, you know, everybody's elevating their game. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot more high level female players coming in the game. Anna Bright's one of them. That's obviously yep. and Anna Bright's partner, you know, is a, is a, one of her tennis teammates at Cal. So hopefully, you know, we're at, we're adding even more, yep. you know, females to the game. Yeah. So no, I love it. Love seeing the diversity, the new players, the new talent, the different strategies, the yes. different strokes, techniques, everything like that. It's, it's fun to be a part of. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful to be along in this journey. Um, I've been doing it a long time. Like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, one other funny thing is I don't want to spend this whole time talking about this whole situation. I really don't want to, um, be talking about it too much because I think it's been way blown out of proportion. Um, but it is actually a little bit funny because the past three to four days I've had more females reach out to me than I've ever had in in my career wanting to play mixed doubles. And so I don't know if that had anything to do with her comments or what her podcast did or anything like that. But, um, clearly people want to win and if they think somebody is going to help them win whether or not that person has a good attitude or not they'll probably still play with them if they're winning if they lose then that's a little bit different and so um, like i said earlier there's a lot of players who i know for a fact they're not in a good situation they don't love their partnership but hey they're winning they're having close matches and so they're fine with that they're they're willing to put aside these small little differences that might bother them and do it for the greater good. Well, look at, I mean, one thing that we always talk about, go look at the memes of pickleball has an entire section on Colin Johns rolling his eyes at his brother who is the number one player in the world. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think to clarify, I think some of it was at his brother, but also some of it was, um, when it hit the net. Okay. Yes. But regardless, he's rolling his eyes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. But if you're winning, winning solves everything. Yes. And you can overcome a lot of things. And I promise you that the number one partnerships, I I guarantee that Ben and Annalie have had their disagreements. Sure. Have they aired them publicly? Sure. No, of course not. Because, you know, they're professionals and they're winning. Yeah. Right. And it happens. I mean, we've seen Annalie you know, last year, year before, yell at her own mother. Yeah. So it happens. Exactly. Right? 100%. Um, anyways, um, if I'm going to be known as an eye roller, I'd rather be known as an eye roller rather than something else. Yes, yep. absolutely. Um, anyways, moving on. This is yeah. the end of this. I really don't want to discuss it too much more, but um, there's so much more I could have said, but I'm not going to. But um, Jill, if you do want to come on the podcast, we'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah. So I just got to remember to not roll my eyes. Um, the, o- the only other thing I'll say is if people start airing their voices about their partnerships, that's scary for their partner because if her new partner knows that she says that about her partner, yeah, that puts a lot to, of pressure on are you gonna want to? Yeah, you want to play with them. Like if you accidentally roll your eyes or accidentally say something or accidentally do something, yeah. who knows? Maybe she's going to come on and voice her opinion about it. And that. I think emotion is part of the sport. Yep. Emotion, good and bad. Yep. And the fact is, is I mean... Everybody shows emotion in their own way. Yep. I mean, we got people flipping the bird, right? Pablo's <laughs> flipping the bird at people. Like there, there's emotion in the sport. It's what happens. Yep. And yeah, if you can't, if you feel like you can't show any emotion, yep. you know, I mean, I think that that does make it hard to partner with somebody. Yep. And, and especially this new younger generation of players that are coming in right now, yep. right? The Julian Arnold's and the 
Pablo's and the, and the feds, those guys, they feed off of emotion. Yep. They need that emotion. They need the screaming. They need the yelling, right? That, that fires them up. And I, I keep saying I'm moving on, but I played with Alex Hamner, who's a senior player. Yeah. Um, she's absolute OG. One of the, yeah, she's in the hall of fame. Yes. Best um, of the best. I played with her for two years or so. And maybe the classiest person in pickleball. Yep. She's super nice. And we did actually extremely well. We had a lot of success. Um, I think we even took third or fourth in the pro us open mixed doubles. Anyways, um, we did really well. And there were a lot of times when I rolled my eyes and now looking back, I'm still really good friends with her. We have the best stories. All we do is laugh. All we do is talk about um, different situations, different matches where she did this, I did that, my reaction was this. And so, I mean, it's kind of fun to look back on those matches and see how how things played out. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you never took it personal. And I get it. Look, we can all be better. You admitted that you're not perfect. You can be better. It's something that you're working (laughs) on, right? Yep. You know, we've all seen the frustration. I've experienced the frustration firsthand (laughs) playing with you. But again, at the end of the day, I think that it's just, it's part of the sport. It's something that happens in all sports and to air it publicly, I think is, it's definitely bad juju going forward. Yeah. Especially when she didn't even try to talk about it privately or anything like that. If she had reached out to you before and you, in my opinion, again, and she reached out to you and you just blew her off or you just told her she was stupid or whatever, comments that you would have had yeah. then okay sure yeah. go for it but yeah to just go on a podcast and you hear about it i assume you heard about it on oh like yeah Twitter all of a sudden something. all yeah. these people started messaging me saying oh did you see that video i'm like yeah no and then yeah, yeah. so that's that's what makes it tough yeah. but anyways i really personally i don't like drama myself i like hearing about it with other people other situations yeah. we all love to watch drama yeah. we just don't want to be part of it exactly right? and so i mean i'm still i i'm happy to talk to jill um, yeah, I don't have anything negative to say about her or anything like that. I mean, everything I said is out there in the open. Um, it just didn't work out this time. Maybe it might in the future. Who knows? Um, but yeah, moving on. So, um, paddle testing super hot right now. Yep. Let's super talk. Pa- let's talk delaminated paddles. All right. Here's a little hot take. Uh, this, uh, this topic is blown way out of proportion. hundred well. percent. I think that this <laughs> is the hot topic of pickleball right now. And I think, unfortunately, it's not making as big of a difference as people think in doubles. Yes, I was exactly about to say that. In singles, I think it does make a big difference. I can see it. I can see it in singles. Yep. In doubles, I don't think it makes as big of a difference as people think. I actually think it makes a disadvantage to to the player using the paddle because they can't control it nearly as much. Yeah, and we've seen it, right? We've seen people not be able to control their paddles. Obviously, in singles, when you're, you know, standing at the baseline and you're hitting passing shots, it's it's a little bit different, right? I mean, but we've also seen... A lot of people called out for having delaminated paddles and they actually weren't. Yes. And so that's the other thing is like, you know, you're, you're calling people out, Leah, we love you, but you're calling people out for having delaminated paddle. And the reality is not only Leah, there's other people. Yeah. There's other people. Right. Right. Lucy called out Krista Gretschkova. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. know. Anyways. Um, And neither of them, their paddles tested, you know, they were, they were within compliance. So I think it's a hot take right now. I think that, it does. It is something that needs to be fixed. I think the PPA is addressing it. Yep. Now they're doing on-site testing. Um, I mean, Sarah Ansbury knew that her paddle was very close yep. to, and she still decided to use it. And yep. then at the end of the match, it failed. Yeah. Um, whether it made a difference in that match or not, we don't know. She still chose to use it. I yep. think that that's on her. She's owned it in her, 
in her defense. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that it's, it is such a huge hot button issue. And I don't know, you, you play against people all the, like, you know, professional pickleball player, you're playing against these delaminated paddles, allegedly. I mean, last year it was everyone that came in with carbons. Right. And then there's people that didn't have the carbon paddles yet. Now it's, everyone has the, you know, these delaminated paddles. You tell me what is, do you see a massive difference? Do you think it's a huge advantage if you are playing with a delaminated paddle? It provides more power for sure. But yeah. like I said, the huge disadvantage is most of these players can't control, control it. Control, yes. And so if you can hit good dinks, which you should be able to as a pro player, then they're not going to be able to do much with it. Sure, yeah. they might get a couple balls, but I would rather take that um, versus um, what they're able to do with a controlled paddle for sure. And in singles, I think it does help because passing shots, you're just going yeah. for passing shots. You don't need accuracy as much. Yeah. Um, and I was actually talking to, I don't want to na- name his name, but he's, extremely high up at the PPA and we were talking about the paddles and he, he essentially said the same thing. He said he thinks it's, it's blown out of proportion. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I think that sometimes we find these hot, hot takes, these hot buttons and we all pile on yeah. because that's what everybody's talking about right now. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, I think that the manufacturers are doing everything that they can to yeah. keep them within compliance. Yep. They, nobody wants your paddle to be that paddle, right? Nobody yep. wants everybody to stop having to use Vatic Pro or stop having to use the carbons because yeah. their paddle, you know, has been banned by the PPA or USOP or... Yeah, another funny story about that is, and I don't want to name this player's uh, name, but he's working on a new paddle. He's been using a new paddle and he's been extremely vocal about the delamination, the paddle testing, everything like that. And I heard that his paddle was supposed to be released, uh, but it has yet to be released. And do you know why it has yet to be released from what I've heard? Because it's not passing. It's not. It's, it's delaminating. And yeah. so it's it kind of puts these players, if they run their mouth and they talk really bad about something, who knows, down the road, they might have an issue yeah. with that. And if Leia or somebody who's been extremely vocal, if they get caught using a delaminated paddle or a defective paddle, that looks really bad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so here's my question. So I read on, a, I think it was on one of those blogs. So are, your, are all of your paddles tested? Explain the PPA. Um, testing your paddle. So I, I know that if you essentially call somebody out and you ask to have their paddle tested, you know, they'll, they'll test it, but are all the paddles tested pre-match? And then if you're not, my understanding is, and then if you're not, if it's not contested, you do still get your results, but your results are anonymous. Is so I'm correct? probably the worst pro player to ask about this because uh, the paddles I've been using do not come anywhere near the threshold. And so I just really haven't been paying too much attention with that. Yeah. I know with the PPA tournaments, everybody, regardless, everybody has to get their tested uh, okay. for the quarters, semis, and finals. Um, they have to go to Carl Schmitz with USA Pickleball, and okay. he does the test on it, and then they get a little sticker, which I think is kind of comical because you can literally remove that sticker if you wanted and put it on another paddle. Um, and then the process, if you challenge a paddle, I believe... It has to be done during the match or at the end of the match. Yeah. Um, it can't be afterwards. And they take the paddles and they test them there. And then if they find out that they're illegal, then that team loses that match. That match, yeah. And so that's what happened with Sarah Ann's exactly. right? She ended up having to forfeit yeah. that match. Yeah. So, but you, so there are paddles that have failed testing, but we don't ever hear about it. Sure, yeah. Because they yeah. haven't been contested during the match, yes. right? yep. And so there could be pros out there that are actually using delaminated paddles, but they've never been called on it. 
Yes, up till the quarters. Okay. Up till the quarters. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I I think that obviously, you know, the pickleball is an evolving sport. We're starting to get a lot more money into pickleball, right? Yep. I mean, people are dumping money into it. It's growing. I mean, 1.25 million viewers, yep. you know, on CBS. Um, I think that as that's, the sport starts to evolve, I think we are going to see, you know, I don't want to use the word cheating, but yep. I think we are going to see people do whatever they can to get a competitive advantage. Yep. Whether that is paddle technology, whether that's, you know, obviously... I don't think people will purposely delaminate their paddles, but I think that they're going to well, see. Them. According to one pro, I think there's been a minimum of six pro players that have gone to the paddle doctor. Yeah. So there you go. So maybe we'll yeah. see that. We'll see people definitely push their specs. We'll see people get after their their paddle sponsors to yeah. push technology and push their specs. Right. I mean, um, you know. And then I think we're going to see other things. I think we're going to see PEDs. Yeah. Let's just be real. Yeah. I think we already are seeing PEDs. Sure. I promise you that we're seeing Adderall. Yep. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of these things because there's just too much money on the line. And the more the sport grows and the more money, if there's no testing and there's no universal governing body, yep. which there isn't right now. I mean, they're trying to, but. Okay. So this is totally um, off, 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 off the books. Um, what are your thoughts? Okay. So I think, and I think most people know this, I think. Uh, Tyson serve is extremely illegal most of, of the time. Uh, Deckel serve not all the time, but maybe fifteen to twenty percent yeah. of the time. Um, there's other players out there too. Yeah. Um, if they're not getting called on it, is that illegal? If they're not getting called on it, well, that so I think that's an interesting topic because when Don Stanley has to get down on one knee. Mm -hmm. Every single time Tyson serves, I'm sorry, but it doesn't matter if he's on one knee. If it's that close, <laughs> right? He, yeah. he's not, I don't know if he's ever called him for an illegal serve, yeah. but I see him get down on one knee every time he goes to serve. Yeah. If it's that close that you feel the need to do that as a referee, yeah. then I think my personal opinion is that Tyson needs to adjust his serve. Yeah. I, so the I, only reason I say that is I said, and I've been working on doing a higher serve, higher contact point, and um, I've been using it. I've been using it, and I used it with this uh, rec game I did the other night. And the first time I did it, they said that serve is so illegal. Yeah. And I said it never gets called. If no. it's not getting called, is 100%. it illegal? Yeah. And and honestly, if it's not getting called, I mean, you know what? I I feel like, it, I mean, I don't know. I think that it's 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 there's and another. Going, I can promise you, you're going to see a lot more players start to do exactly. those types of serves until well, why something you? comes How, in. Exactly. I, when you go with a higher contact yep. point, right? I mean, you know, I'm not the smartest guy, but yep. it's physics, right? You're yep. going to get more power. Yep. And Tyson and Deckel, would you say probably have two of the more powerful serves on definitely on tour? Yep. And yep. And it's not necessarily the the power that they're getting with it. A lot of it is the court spacing. A yeah. lot of the time, the courts are very small, and if they're yeah. doing those types of serves. Um, on small course is pushing you into the fence. Yeah. I mean, Jay Davilliers, he made a huge point about this. He almost did an overhead serve just to illustrate his point. Yeah. And it wasn't so much so much the fact that he was um, he was getting away with it. It's the fact that he didn't have any room to return it. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, absolutely. And that makes sense, right? I mean, you're, the speed, the power, the, the distance, yeah. you know, and you could probably even control it a little bit better. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that, that that's tough. And you know, I get it. I get why Tyson wouldn't change it. One, it's all he's known. Clearly, yep. that's what he's been practicing. Yep. And it works, right? Especially yep. works for him in the singles. Yep. I mean, he has a huge serve in singles. Yep. It helps him a ton. 
you know, Ben used to have a big serve. Yep. Right. I think that he's dialed it back a little bit. You see him ramp it up once in a while. Every once in a while, when he needs to. When he needs when to. When he needs he to, he'll exactly. rip it out. <laughs> he will. He will fire it up yeah. and he'll ramp it up. But yep. for the most part, he's dialed it back, and it and it looks from my untrained eye a lot more legal mm-hmm. than Tyson serve, which every single time he serves, I yep. mean, his contact and point. I mean, I feel like I actually handle it fairly well, but if you're playing mixed doubles or doubles and your partner's yeah. struggling, it's just, sure. It's to me, it's it, not fair. It's back to the spin serve days, yeah. right? Exactly. It, it's, it, it's not quite spin, spin serve level, yeah. but I do think that it's a huge advantage. But mark my words, unless something changes soon, you'll see a lot more oh, yeah. players. Why, why wouldn't going you? To Everybody's going to adapt yep. it, right? Why, why wouldn't you yep. adopt that serve if it's that big of an advantage? Yep. You know, I mean, Rick, you see, the other thing with, you know, with Deckel is, is how far onto the court he comes oh, yeah. when he makes contact. Yep. Is he over the line when he's making contact? Is yep. he stepping onto the court? It's pretty freaking close. Yep. I mean, and he has a massive serve. He puts every yep. ounce of his 220 plus pounds into yep. that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So no. yeah, I agree. I think you'll see it. You'll definitely see it. I mean, yep. it's just like you said, the spin serve, everybody adapted it, right? I mean, Ben Johns ended up having an insane spin serve. Yep. You know, Zane, we haven't heard from him since the spin serve went away. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's a big thing, and you'll see that. People will do whatever they can to get yep. that advantage. No, I so, love it. Yeah, we're, we're kind of running up on time, so let's just kind of wrap up. So Yeah, so um, let's talk about your week coming up. Cool. So you're, you've, we've got North Carolina. Yep. you got two new partnerships. Yep. Two players you've never played with before. Right. Right? So we've got... We're going to call him Iggy, James Ignatowicz. Papa, Papa Jimmy. He's not, we, we, there's only one Jimmy in pickleball. He hasn't earned that title. Um, <laughs> yeah, big Papa, right big Papa Jimmy. Yeah. He, uh, so former tennis player. Uh-huh. Hold Va- on one second. Jimmy. Yeah, Papa yeah. Jimmy. So former tennis player, I believe Vanderbilt. Yes. May, yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll call him Mr. Anna Bright. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, he burst onto the scene. Yeah. I'd say that he's one of the, Tennis transplants that's had the most success, the fastest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's had a couple, and now and he has also ended up with some good partners. But originally, just to add a little bit of drama here, he was scheduled to play with Tyson. Yep. And Tyson actually dropped him for Jack Sock. Yes. Who, again, pro tennis player. Yep. And so just for the people out there that are listening, all the talk about Tyson being dropped at PPA Red Rock and that's why he ended up playing with Brendan Long. Tyson was dropped because he dropped James first. Yep. And so James said, if you're going to drop me for North Carolina, then I'm going to drop you for everything else. And so Tyson... I don't know if he did everything else, but... Okay, yeah. but yes. So he dropped him for PPA Red Rock for that reason. Yep. So Tyson did use that as this chip on his shoulder and he used it to fire everybody up and yep. every interview he... But just to be clear, Tyson started that entire thing. Yeah, and... Tyson is known for dropping a lot of players. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we've seen it. So you and James, so he's had a lot of podiums, a lot of success this year. Um, Originally, he was scheduled to play with Tyson. Mm -hmm. So how did that partnership come about? Yeah, so I actually was wanting to get in a couple tournaments with uh, James for this year, but and we were talking about it, but then he ended up going with Tyson just for the full year. And then um, he reached out back to me, I believe, a couple months ago, just said, hey, I got this tournament open. And so I think I had it open as well, and so we just decided to play awesome. it. Uh, I think he's got one of the highest ceilings 
Um, his power is incredible. Yeah. He's got so much power. And with that paddle he, he's using um, is insane. Um, yeah. And, so yeah. I'm he's a, and he's a big guy, right? He's yep. like 6'3", right? He's, yep. he's a big dude. And yep. Yeah. I just hope I don't start bouncing around like him. Do you think that'll wear off? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, one of you has to stay calm. So yeah. you need to decide who that's going to be. Because, yeah. yeah, that guy... I, the the amount of caffeine he's got to drink before yep. a tournament's got to be pretty insane. Yeah, and then for mixed, mm-hmm. you know, we just discussed your previous mixed partner. Yep, you're playing with another up and coming tennis player, mm-hmm. uh, Hurricane Tyra Black. Yep. So how did that happen? Did that? Did you yeah, so out I mean that or? was pretty uh, lucky on my part. So I guess she just didn't have this tournament or wasn't planning on playing it. That's great. Uh, so yeah. I reached out and she yeah. had it open, and so. We're going to give it a go, uh, see how it goes. I'm yeah. excited to play with and her. And have you never played with her before? Never. Exactly. I I actually haven't even seen her play that much. Okay. I mean, she's fairly new. Yeah, I would say within the last six to eight months or so. Yeah, and yeah. she and, and like most tennis players, oh she's I think she's got a lot of potential as well. Yeah, tons of potential. And like most tennis players, you know, she burst onto the scene as a singles player first, yeah. um, and now she's getting more into oh, to, to doubles. So Tyra Black is yep. your mixed partner. Uh huh. Um, she goes by the hurricane. Actually, hurricane. has a sister. Tornado. I, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. So she was a pro tennis player. That's awesome. Um, in fact, I think she actually won a couple, you know, ITF titles and. That's you know, impressive. So she, yeah. So she's definitely, you know, has has that racket sport background. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So like you said, she just did not have a partner for this tournament, and you guys just hooked up, and, yep. and you're going to give it a shot. Yep. Yeah, and it should it, be fun. Yeah, and you've kind of been known to do this, so let's talk about this a little bit because yeah. you, I remember specifically getting a text from you yeah. about Anna Bright. Yeah, and she had just—I think she had just played her first pro tournament, and I feel like she was kind of—I don't want to call her your discovery, uh-huh. but I think you were the first high-level player to take a chance on her. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, don't I'm going to give can, you too much credit yeah, here and you're not going to take it. that much credit. She was already, she was, she was going to be great. Yes. Uh, it was just a matter of And everybody of saw time. it for yeah. sure. But yeah. I still think it takes somebody, to, you know, to reach out and to yeah. take a chance on her. Yeah, no, it was fun. I mean, it's so fun when you have a partner that you can rely on, that's consistent, that you gel with. It's just fun. It's yeah. fun competing that way. Yeah. And so yeah. hopefully, obviously you and Tyra have the same, yep. same type of success yep. and you know, you can get in. Just can't roll my eyes. Get in early. Don't roll your eyes. Yeah. But I've seen her on the court. Yeah. And I've watched her play. And you may get more eye rolls than, than you give. So, <laughs> hey, so if I'm getting don't rolls, get offended. I, I, I deserve it. Don't don't take it personal. Yeah. Um, couple other things about about Charlotte. Let's talk about you know about this North Carolina is Jack Sock. Yep. That's the big topic of discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Pro tennis player, high level pro tennis player, top ten. Yep. In the world, tennis player playing in his first pro pickleball tournament. I think we see this a lot. Okay, we see a lot of tennis players talk about Sam Query, right? We talk like even Kristen Alshon, who we've talked about earlier. They expect that they're going to come over and they're going to dominate, yep. and they're going to be top five in the world. And pickleball players, and they're just going to dist- and and it hasn't happened yet. Yep. We haven't seen that. Have we've seen them work up to it? We've seen them take a year or two. We've seen this success. Obviously, we see it more in singles than yep. we do in doubles. 
What's your take on Jack Sock? What are your expectations for him? The thing I'm going to say to preface everything is I think Jack's a great player. I think he'll do very well. Um, yeah. But a lot of people think that he just picked up a paddle, and that's incorrect. He's been playing for a minimum of five years, uh, so, whether it's uh, consistently like every single day or something. But that's a huge something. difference. But that's a big difference yeah. that a lot of people are leaving out. Now, yeah. with that said, I think he'll do well. I think him and Annalie, I... I actually think they could do extremely well. They, like could, top could, they could win it. Yeah. I think singles will be interesting uh, just because the nuances, the strategy, it is quite a bit different than yeah. Uh, tennis. Yeah. Um, him and Tyson could be interesting, um, but I actually think him and Annalie will have And, some, and I have believe looking at the brackets, if I, if I remember correctly, if he wins his first round matchup, he will play Jay Davillier's. I yeah yeah I um, I'd have to pull that up which which would be interesting yeah as well so I mean he's gonna get thrown into the fire right away yep yep um so yeah but he's and, got a lot of power yeah he he rips that ball yeah absolutely so that'll be that'll be an interesting matchup yep. but like you said there is a big difference between transitioning straight from tennis and playing pickleball at least casually for yep. five years yep because I'm sure that he's played very, you know, he's played high level games. Yeah. And we, we saw it at, at some of these pro-ams, right? When he, yep. I think it was down in Arizona. In when Vegas. He, or Vegas, yep. yeah. He was good. He was yep. the best tennis player on that court. Yep. And it was clear that he had skills. Yep. And so, you know, I think that that's no, a little uh, bit different. he'll play James Ignatowicz. Oh, Ignatowicz. Assuming, okay. assuming so they both win. Okay, so there you go. So now there's a lot of power on that court between <laughs> yeah. the two of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that'll be interesting to watch i think that's what everybody's excited to see yeah they're excited to see baby waters play with somebody else um you know not named ben excited to see how he does and so yeah i think that that i think that's good for pickleball i think it's great for the sport cool um uh, yeah awesome i asked the question on my instagram which is where i'm most active um about questions that anybody had uh, for this podcast um we'll kind of do rapid fire these um somebody Just said it. when are you going to socal uh, I believe the next time will be in MLP, which is in June, uh, the first or second week in San Clemente, right? Yep. Everybody's favorite tournament. Yeah, they favorite love it. location. I mean, it's beautiful area, beautiful location. The weather is great. I mean, what's not to like is California. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, that'll be the next time I'm in California, so I'm excited. I'll and will that be your last event before the, the reg- before yep. the redraft? Yep. So this will be the last event for the Seattle Pioneers, and then they'll essentially break it up and redraft. Yep. Okay. Unfortunately, we yeah. we have a great team and yeah, I, absolutely. I uh, what in pickleball needs innovation right now? Um, I think they were referring to more of a product standpoint. Yeah. Um, I think there's still. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but partnerships. There's a very interesting, nuanced way that partnerships kind of form, and it's just it's very weird. Um, I don't know if I love it. And so if there could be something done about partnerships, how partnerships get arranged, um, how they get set up for tournaments. Do you get any help with that? Is there, is there a player liaison that helps with partnerships or is it really just, is it, I mean, if you're in a pickle, like somebody dropped out or something and there's a tournament in one or two weeks, yeah, somebody will look out. But, but if you're booking for two, three, four months down the road, you're, you're on your own. But you guys are obtaining partnerships in essence, the same way that, that I would or anybody exactly. else just throw yeah. them a text. I was talking to Steve Kuhn and um, he actually had a pretty interesting idea or um, tournament that he wanted to do is you put every name in a bucket and you just draw draw yeah. names for partners yeah, and be the great. best team, the best players, they should come out on top. Yeah. W- what if you, the other thing that I've heard is I've heard that they take world rankings 
Mm-hmm. And you take one through 16 men, one yep. through 16 women, and the number one man plays with the 16 yep. and all the way down the list. I think it'd be fun for some tournaments. I mean, every single tournament, probably not, but for yeah, some of course. tournaments, I mean, that's why people love MLP is there's variety. People, as much as I love them, people don't enjoy seeing the same matchups every well, single tournament. Well, it's the same, right? I it's mean, the same. I think the stat the other day was that JW and Dylan, Ben and Colin, yep. And Riley and Matt yep. were undefeated except for against each other yep. for the entire season. Yep. You know, one thing that until the Johns brothers just lost. One thing but. that somebody pointed out a while ago that uh, really dawned on me is when you play the number one team, Ben Johns, Colin Johns, versus say the number two team or somebody further down there. It's not the number one versus number two. It's the best player and the second best player, presumably, yes. versus the third or fourth. Yes. That's a big difference. Or yeah. even if you go further, if you're playing the third best team or fourth best team, it's not the one and two player versus 100%. the three and four. It's one and two versus five and six. Yeah, exactly. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly, which is so. a huge gap for yeah, sure. Huge gap, and it only gets bigger the yeah. further And then you if go. you look at it in a mixed, right? It's yeah. the number one and the number one. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, if you're lucky, you may get... Yeah. a two versus a five maybe yep. yeah yep. a so two and a five yeah just because your number one seed does not necessarily mean both you yeah it's yeah just exactly different. yep that makes sense um paddle testing we talked about this a little bit what what does pickleball need um in innovation right now i think paddle testing it's still very uh nuanced it's very there's no firm lines like they're still figuring out what they need to do which is good yeah. um, but i just don't think there's a clear guidelines on how to test paddles what to look for what passes how one paddle can pass and then 10 and minutes later doesn't. it doesn't yeah um, absolutely i think that will side. evolve as yes as it yeah yep somebody said what's your court ideal court size um outside of the 44 by 20 what would you prefer well i think most people that lately and that i've seen are trying to go what like 60 by 30 like minimum yes let's see i mean they're they're trying to they're trying to absolutely you know i mean for a guy like you right you need the space and as the the sport gets bigger you need more space for spectating you need more space for lines people you need more space for running and then for singles, you want even more space, yeah. correct? So for me personally, this is probably by far on the more higher end, more spacious side, but I like 30 by 65 to 70. Okay. Yeah. Um, or even more. When did you learn how to Ernie? When did I learn how to Ernie, Jimmy? Birth. He's Birth. the Ernie King. He was born earning. Uh, it's funny they asked this question. For me, not to sound boastful or arrogant i think i started earning right when i started playing it just felt natural somebody taught me hey you can kind of jump across the kitchen line and it just felt really natural to me and so Do you remember your first ernie um because i've seen people that remember their first atp and- yeah i don't i mean i remember specific shots uh, specific ernies that just feel incredible yeah um but i don't remember the first time that i hit an ernie okay yeah Maybe I'll think back on that a little bit. Yeah, more let's think about that. Me. Yeah, maybe we could do a top five favorite Ernie's. Yeah, biggest uh, lesson learning, or what's the biggest learning lesson while playing pickleball, Jimmy? Um, not to roll your eyes. Yeah, definitely don't roll your eyes. We've learned that today. <laughs> um, I think you know, I think there's just different levels of pickleball, right? For you, obviously, it's a job, it's a profession, it's a career, yeah. it's how you support your family, feed your family, so. For you, you're going to take it a lot more serious and it's going to be a lot different 
than where, you know, the casual player is going to take it. I think for me, the casual, you know, rec player is, you know, the friendships, the camaraderie, the just getting exercise, getting out matters a hell of a lot yep. more than the wins and losses. Yep. For you, I, I hope that you're trying to win and that you have that competitive spirit because uh, otherwise you're not going to be very successful. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think for everybody, it's going to be different. Um, I always tell people, what are your expectations? What are you wanting to get? Are you just wanting to win? Are you wanting to exercise? Are you wanting to network, have exactly. fun? Exactly. And so once you outline those um, ideas or goals that you have, then I think there's different lessons to be learned with every one of those. But pickleball, there are so many lessons. Um, perseverance, never give up, keep yeah, working hard. Absolutely. The more work you put in, the more success you're going to have. Yeah. Um, just like in any other sport. So it's really cool. Um, all right. Last thing we'll wrap up on is MLP San Clemente. Um, somebody asked, what's it like playing with Ben Johns? Uh, it's great. I mean, he, I could go on and on about him and his talent. He is by far the, the goat at the moment. Um, there's a lot of people who are talented and who come close to him, but what he's been able to do, he doesn't get enough credit for um, I can't remember the exact statistic, but I was talking about it the other day with one of my friends. I think he went on like a 160 or 180 match win streak, not losing one match that's insane. Uh, in yeah. singles. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. And that is unheard of, and yeah. I don't think that can ever be was replicated. His, was, was that first loss indoor at TOC because of the rain? Yes, yep. Yeah, that's yep. what I thought, because I, I remember, obviously yep. we remember that clearly, and it was a... Yeah. huge deal at the time yeah and i believe but, he won't play indoor anymore yeah i mean there's a lot of players and he's going to lose he's not going to be perfect but of course he not. wins the vast majority of matches yeah absolutely and it's insane that he's been able to do it for so long and still yeah. continue to win so yeah um yeah it's been it's been great and um i'm lefty he's righty he likes to play the left side i play the right side and so for me it's a very natural fit we both ernie we both have our forehands in the middle. Yeah. And so all I have to really focus on when I'm playing with him is my favorite shot is the Ernie. And truth be told, um, a lot of people don't hit to my corner because they know I like to Ernie. And so it's forcing them to hit to Ben, which I let Ben do all the work. Well, and Ben, straight from his own mouth, he yep. said that he thinks the evolution of pickleball is going to be lefty-righty. Yeah. That everybody's going to try and go lefty-righty. Hopefully righty. one day he he decides to live by that. And yeah. Or he's going to make Colin switch to left and work <laughs> on it. But... <True. laughs> Uh, do I feel pressure? You know, I think the first match, first few points, I might feel a little bit of pressure. But then once you get going, I mean, I've, I've been playing pickleball and tennis for a long time, but pickleball for close to 10 years, um, a lot of tournaments. And so after a first few points, it kind of settles in. Do you get nerves like before a match? Are you nervous? Are you... I like to say I don't. I'm sure there's some that I do. Uh, but like I said, after once you do something for... 10 years or even more if you include tennis 20 yeah. 30 years then it feels a little bit more routine yeah. um somebody asked about the prize money and i think the winning team is kind of tricky because uh you get appearance fees based on your draft pick um i'm not 100 percent certain but i think the number one draft pick gets around seven to eight thousand dollars so just good. For this is a good up. topic because i think people are always curious yeah. how much money pickleball players really make yeah um so because i was told once that you're a millionaire oh yeah i just that you I that cash millionaire that right you now. make a million dollars a year yeah just straight from your sponsorships i i wish there are some players that are doing that um there are some players that are doing that for sure uh, but i am not one of those players yet 
yet. See, yeah. you like that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so MLP, it gets a little bit uh, different because uh, there's so many different things that play into it. But I believe the number one draft pick gets seven to eight thousand dollars, and okay. then that amount, I believe. Uh, depending on their status with PPA, I think it gets matched by PPA. And then depending oh. on how you finish, uh, also uh, will de- de- determine your prize money. And so the winning team, I believe each player, oh my gosh. Is it 25,000? It's 100,000, right? Yeah, yeah, it's around there. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so we, just for Ben Johns, I would imagine, I don't know for sure because I haven't asked him, but I would imagine um, winning last MLP, he got. 30 to 40 or even a little that, more. That would be my guess. Because yeah. if he got 25 for winning yeah. and then say he gets eight plus it's matched eight, he's in the 40, yeah, 40 plus range. Plus, His I guess the Yola's probably yeah. paying him a little bit. Yeah, and, a few bonuses in there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's not a bad payday for yeah. him to for spend. For a weekend. Yeah, to spend yeah. a weekend in Florida. 30 to 40 Although it is Daytona, which is rough. But <laughs> he did get to None spend. None of the pros like Daytona. He, yeah. He got to spend a weekend in Florida and that's not a bad. Yeah. That's not a bad showing for him. Okay, last question. Pablo versus Tyson. Who wins in a fight? Yeah, I think this is a good question. I mean, Tyson doesn't even doesn't even teach his own clinic, so I think he'd have someone fight Pablo for him. So <laughs> I, I'm going to put my money on Pablo on that one. Well, JW was over was um, saying where uh, Pablo's from, and he's from Colombia. Yeah, I think he's from Colombia. Yeah, yeah. He, JW was saying some interesting spicy stuff. But, yeah, Pablo's not scared. Obviously. But Tyson, he was a wrestler. Well, that's fine. But, you know, we talk about UFC wrestlers. I mean, can he get Pablo to the ground? That's the question. You know, (laughs) I like Pablo. Pablo's great. Super, super nice. I think honestly, I think Pablo and Fed, I think that partnership is going to be a problem coming up in terms of they're they're are going to make a lot of noise. Yeah. They already have. They already have. Yeah, they have. Absolutely. They have. But I think they're just going to keep climbing the ranks. They're both very young. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that I think that it's exciting, and I think they bring a lot of emotion, and it's kind of fun to watch, to be honest. Cool, love it. Well, this podcast uh, we had a lot of issues with uh, video, but the voice should be pretty good. So hopefully, the voice doesn't cut out. Um, I apologize. This was my first time ever doing my own podcast. I'll be doing the editing. Um, piecing it all together so hopefully there's not too many errors in there um, Jimmy I appreciate your time you did show up late as per usual this guy is That's, always late um, hey. anyways we're hoping to do this and you did roll your eyes when I showed up so oh they I appreciate were stuck that. in my head <laughs> appreciate that well, I wonder if I get like eyes painted on my yeah. your face is going to get stuck like that your no, mom probably told so you that close my eyes and people will think they're yeah, still they, open or something perfect done yeah. good idea yeah just don't accuse me or go public with this yeah i mean i guess it already is public. i won't tell anybody on your large platform that yes huge both of my followers exactly (laughs) all right once again uh thank you for joining us uh we'll probably try to do this i don't know once every one or two weeks or whatever we do we need to have a we need to do a mlp preview i'd love to get your your take on on that yeah if you guys ever have any questions feel free to drop them down low in the comments um Go easy on us. Go easy on me. Jimmy, you can go hard on. Yeah, I'm um, good. I'm thick-skinned. Thick-skinned. All right. Big-boned. Okay, once again, thanks, everyone. Have a good day. Until next time, subscribe and follow along to stay current with the King of the Court podcast hosted by Tyler Loom.